Welcome into the Thunder Basketball Universe presented by Coop Aleworks. Yes, of course you might notice we are not in our studio. That's because we are on the road again. The Thunder just wrapped up its first of three games on the road, and that game was in Dallas, where Gallo, just tell the people what we have experienced so far in Dallas. Well, we've had crunch time, we've had overtime, and now we've got downtime in Dallas. An incredible game last night between the Thunder and Mavericks. Went down to the wire, went into overtime, and the Thunder prevailed 121-14. And then we went to the airport, we got on the plane, we were getting ready to take off, and this winter weather storm that's barreled through Oklahoma City as well. We've seen all the photos, what's going on back in OKC with all the snow. Well, we got a taste of that down here as well, and we weren't able to take off to get to Portland. So we are still in Dallas. We're hanging out, awaiting that flight to go uh, to Portland to play the Blazers. And so we're going to podcast for you. We're going to break it all down. Yeah, it gives us plenty of time to break down that overtime win against the Mavericks. And Gallo, this was the Thunder's second overtime game of the season. The first one was against the Pacers just two games prior right. and Thunder fell behind in that game but took away a lot of lessons and it looks like they were able to really apply those in real time against a really strong Mavericks team. Really delivered the first punch in overtime right away. Nice little slip to the bucket on a dummy dribble by uh, Kenrich Williams and the execution down the stretch. I mean I think we'll continue to talk about this uh, as we dive into some of our, our players and, and guys that we want to talk about but you, know, you had Mark Dagnall calling out plays from the sideline, you know, Trey Mann flashing in the front of uh, Lou Dort to get the switch that they wanted, executing, free throws went down, defense stood tall. They got the looks that they wanted to get throughout the course of the, at the end of the fourth quarter and overtime and really in a game that they were kind of in command for most of the game, mm -hmm. despite letting that lead slip at the end of regulation. They didn't let that phase them, and they hung in there and won the game in OT. It was a competitive game for the Thunder, who kept that competitive energy high, something that Coach Dagnall really, really applauded his team for after this game. And so we're going to go into, we're going to combine, you can say that again, and name that dude, because there are two players specifically that we want to talk about. Gallo, I'm going to let you go first. Okay. Give me your quote and your stat on your guy. So the quote is, he's a freight train. You don't want to get in his way. And that was by Josh Giddy uh, about the player who scored 14 points on just four field goal attempts in overtime. He actually outscored Dallas all on his own, I think. And he had, uh, he, yeah, he had 14 points, six free throws, and that was Lou Dort. And what we saw from him in crunch time was the ability to take on that mantle of additional reps, additional opportunities, handling the ball. And this is not the culmination, but a continuation of what we saw from him last season when Shea Gildas-Alexander was out with that injury. The ball was in Lou's hands more. And in this season, he's not doing anything different with Shea being out. He's just got more volume of playing his style, mm -hmm. his game, attacking the rim off the bounce, knocking down open three-pointers, You know, not hoisting mid-range jumpers, not trying to post up, not trying to do anything crazy but playing within his style and within the framework of the team to lead the team to good success. You were absolutely right. 14 points for Lou in overtime, 11 for Dallas yeah. overall in overtime. The thing that really stood out to me, and Coach Dagnall mentioned the poise of this group when that, that those extra five minutes hit, and Lou really showed a lot of that poise. Yes, he was playing with incredible intensity, incredible competitiveness, and he was knocking down some big, big-time buckets. 
but he was six of six from the free throw line in crunch time. And he was generating those opportunities by getting downhill, being that freight train that he is, putting his head down and, and getting to the rack. It was one of those lucky things that it just so happened before the game against Dallas. I asked Mark Dagnold about <laughs> lose free throw shooting and how that helps in crunch time. The fact that they don't have to sub offense for defense. They don't have to worry about whether they've got their defensive stopper out there, but you know, perhaps not a guy that's going to knock down free throws. Well, guess what? Lou leads the Thunder in free throw shooting this year. He's up almost to 87% from the free throw line. Goes a perfect six for six from the stripe in overtime, despite not having taken a free throw in the entire rest of that game. And so, went scoreless in the fourth quarter. That's right. And and so to have a guy when you've got the ball in his hands, he's able to barrel to the lane. He's drawing that contact. He plays with such physicality and force. You know that in those situations, he's probably going to get fouled. And especially when your team is up late in the game, right. there's going to be those take fouls. You want a guy that can separate, can be physical, can get the ball, corral it, hold on to it. You want him to be able to knock down those free throws as well. So uh, I, I actually wrote a feature for this as we head into this Portland game on Friday about Lou Dort. You can find it on OKCThunder.com. Uh, you know, Lou just continues to take those opportunities, take those experiences, and make those consistent strides forward and we're seeing that come to fruition the the thing that is also all continual continuously stands out about his game is that he was guarding Luka Doncic throughout the night and yes Luka had a a, a tremendous game in terms of scoring he was carrying a lot of a lot of offensive load especially because the team was without Tim Hardaway Jr. and Kristaps Porzingis in that ball game but that is a tough matchup regardless. That requires effort for every second throughout that shot clock. And the Thunder really forced Dallas to like late shot clock situations multiple times throughout that game. Lou playing with that force, playing with a lot of physicality as mm -hmm. well, just kind of making his presence known against Luka. And uh, still, his ability to also be able to continue to keep that offensive rhythm going says a lot about Lou. And that's what we've seen from Lou last yeah. season as well. This isn't really new. Well, it's it's not all about the one-on-one -on -one matchup, and this is just one game. Mm -hmm. But I, I would ask people to kind of zoom out and take a look at the entirety of that game. Luka Doncic scores 40, mm -hmm. uh, but it takes him 33 shots to do so. And... He's not nearly the defender that that Lou is in terms of, as you saw over the course of the game, some of the things that the Thunder was able to get to, mm -hmm. some of those backdoor cuts, some of the ways that you know the Thunder was isolating and putting him into actions where in crunch time, Lou was able to get to the basket and either get fouled or score. Meanwhile, on the other side of the ball, Lou scores 30 points on 17 shots right. and is you know, excellent defensively forcing not just Luka, but he had other matchups throughout the course of that night. He yeah. was on Brunson some, you know, so... To be able to be able to deliver on both sides of the ball and have more energy by the end of the, the game and in, in, in overtime, that was really special. It absolutely was. And just always encouraging to see that Lou is continuing to work within what his role is on this team. He's not trying to play outside like you mentioned. Like he's not trying to pull up these mid-range jumpers. He's getting downhill, getting to the rim, using his strength, his physicality, his size. And then we continue to see him grow as a three-point shooter. Super, super fun to watch yeah. on both sides of the ball. And he hit two huge ones in overtime. Six total threes in the game, and one of those in OT. I swear the net didn't even move. And it was just Ooh, one of those rainbows. arcing yeah. three-pointer. Yeah. yeah, like if you were watching it on TV, the ball went out of frame for yeah. a second before it came back in. <laughs> Such a high arcer there. Yeah, okay, Paris, speaking of... Three, three balls. All right. Give us your, your guy. Here is our quote. He didn't have a 30 ball, but he did his thing tonight. <laughs>
that's the quote, and that's Josh Giddy talking about uh, this this young player. Uh, and <laughs> the stat line is 29 points, 8 of 14 from the field, 6 of 8 from the three-point line. Yeah, our guy Trey Mann young just man. explodes for his career high. Had that free throw, the last free throw that would have given him a 30-piece, and he just he, it couldn't go down. And, you know, it's funny that, that, you know, there was a little interplay after the game. We were all in the press conference room, and Josh Giddy was giving his post-game press conference when Trey Mann walked in the door. Yes, and immediately he was asked about Trey as soon as Trey walked into the door. So there was just smiles and giggles throughout the whole, whole um, media availability. When and- that happens... Guys always take the opportunity to bust on whoever the guy is that just walked into the room, you mm-hmm. know, and inevitably the guy that's about to, that just walked in gets asked about on, on the media right. availability. And it's just this hilariously awkward moment where <laughs> the guy that's fielding the questions, you know, is being asked to sort of compliment their teammate uh-huh. in this very like sweet and precious way. <laughs> And they kind of want to. They kind of want to do it. They kind of want to do it, but they also kind of want to like give him a hard time too. So it's really good. It was. It was definitely a fun moment. And those two are pretty close. I mean, the whole rookie class is super close, and so you could tell they were having a little bit of fun with it. For Trey specifically, his game overall throughout the night really sharp, really aggressive, and played with a lot of just intensity on that offensive Mm -hmm. end of the ball. It started before the game, and Trey revealed this to us post game. He said. Coach Mark told me before the game, he said, make him pay for your offense. Yeah. That's why you're out there. And he, ha- I'm just, there's one play in particular, Gallo, that I just want to talk about. I believe it was in the second half. Okay. Trey has the ball in the corner and he's matched up with Luka Doncic. Luka Doncic is guarding him. He's in front of the Dallas bench. Yeah. And Trey just puts on a cup, like a series of, it was like a, a it was a step back. It yeah. was, ended up being a step back. It was like a crossover step back, just left Luka in the dust probably t- five, eight feet away from him, knocked down the three-pointer. Luca wasn't even in a defensive stance by the end of the sequence. He was just he kind was of just like standing, standing like, straight uh, well, up. Yeah. I can't really do yeah, anything about that. Yeah, what am I supposed that. to do? Exactly. Yeah. And I was sitting there like, what are you supposed to do yeah. about that? What is anybody <laughs> supposed to do about that? But that was kind of what we were seeing from, mm-hmm. from Trey throughout the night were these really high-energy, crafty, just smart offensive plays that demonstrate what he's able to do on that end of the floor. But also, the little caveat here, what kept him on the floor was his ability to not be a liability on the defensive end. And that's what Coach Dagnall told him before the game. He's like, but bring that aggression and bring that intensity on the defensive end. And he also had a really sharp play against Luka in transition that limited a a, what would have been a breakaway layup attempt where he just completely just grabbed the ball and ended up being a jump ball or out of bounds or something like that. But It's one of those plays that you see like Kawhi do, where he just grabs the ball out of the middle of the air. (laughs) And Trey Mann just like, I mean, those are the plays – just as much, if not more, when Trey Mann makes them mm-hmm. that make you go, whoa, wait a second, like something something just happened on the floor. Um, and I do want to add on the offensive end of the ball, mm-hmm. it wasn't just the the putting guys on skates and dancing. Like yeah. that's part of Trey's game. But what's going to make him a, a truly effective scorer at this level are some of the other things that he did, which were much more playing within the flow mm-hmm. and as a play finisher as opposed to like a creator cross-court pass from Josh Giddy, yeah. a quick catch-and-shoot, no hesitation, didn't think twice, just hoisted the ball. Right. And, you know, in, in crunch time, running across the face of, of Lou Dort's defender and getting the switch, like playing within an, as a functional offensive role player mm-hmm. is just as critical to being able to, like, 
get those shots and manufacture them within the course of the game. And then when you do get those isolation mismatches, right. then you can really go after them. Right, exactly. And he's done a really good job playing within the flow, not trying. I mean, he can, he absolutely can. We've seen it before, mm -hmm. create these opportunities for himself, but still be able to be within the flow. And he's got the green light to be able to knock down some of those step backs. We've seen it already. Um, and one other thing, the seven for eight from the free throw yeah, line, big time. I think that's another really key aspect to Trey's game here that really just kind of helped fuel the, this this offensive explosion that we saw. He was making some really hard-nosed plays to draw fouls, and he wasn't shying away from it. And the league is all about efficiency, and the most efficient shots are free throws, three-pointers, mm -hmm. and shots at the rim. And if you look at Trey's shot chart, that's pretty much where everything came, yep. and that's why he's got 29 points on 14 shot attempts. Exactly. And when you're at more than two points per, per attempt, that's pretty darn good. He was just the fifth rookie in OKC history to make six or more three-pointers in a ball game. So that it is an incredible accolade for, yeah. for a young man. Yeah, and so you just think about where he started at the beginning of the season till now. You have to be really encouraged about mm -hmm. the, tra the trajectory that he is on. And as his body continues to mature... Uh, as he continues to mature and understand the league and recognize defenses and coverages and recognize offenses and what they're trying to get to and how they're going to try to, you know, maybe put him in certain situations, like all of this will, you know, hopefully continue to rise at a steady rate. A huge performance from Trey, huge performance from Lou. And that was just a piece of the puzzle for this overtime game. We'll get to much, much more about this Dallas game right after this. Coop Works is the proud sponsor of Thunder Basketball Universe. Brewers of the fan favorites F5 IPA and 99 Calorie Ice Chest IPA. You'll find those and many more Coop beers at retailers across Oklahoma. Learn more at CoopLWorks.com. Well, Josh Giddy was responsible for giving us both of our quotes for Trey and Lou, so... Thanks for the assist, Josh. We appreciate yeah. that, and because of that, we're now going to talk about all of Josh's assists. <laughs> he, had ten, he had 10 of them, a third straight double-double for Josh Giddy in this game against Dallas, and some of the passes were just insane. I mean, you saw so many highlights yeah. on social media afterwards, you saw so many people calling out some of these little cool moments that you happen to notice throughout the course of a game on how Josh is manufacturing these passes. It, it was sensational. We have to talk about one in particular, though. We would be absolutely remiss if we did it. And I think this is the true debt. Like, if you look up threading mm -hmm. the needle uh, in the dictionary, this is it. Because the margin for error was so slim. And I will have you know, it was at the end of regulation. The Thunder was down two, and this bucket tied the ball game. The game pressure on the situation is through the roof. When you're down two, eight seconds left, mm -hmm. you go to the huddle and you draw up a play. <laughs> you're a rookie. And what did Josh say to us? We drew up a play, and I completely disregarded it. <laughs> <laughs> So like, we drew up a rundown, but I completely disregarded it. Yeah, sometimes Paris and I go off book, but I mean, this is in crunch time. You're down by two, eight seconds left. And basically what happened is they had a play designed as Josh Giddy goes mm -hmm. to the sideline and he tells us that he does this. He doesn't accept the ball from the referee right away. Right. He takes a second to scan the floor, see situations, make eye contact with some of his teammates. Yeah. And if you go back and you watch the replay, there's a great angle on our Bally Sports Oklahoma so broadcast good. of Josh making eye contact with Kenrich Williams, giving him just, I mean, the most subtle mm -hmm. of eye flickers. And with Luka Doncic face guarding Kenrich Williams, 
Kenrich took one, two steps back door. Mm -hmm. Josh was able to throw the ball over the top of the entire Dallas defense and put it right in the breadbasket. Now, when we say right in the breadbasket, I mean an inch behind (laughs) and you're hitting the back of Luca's head. An inch ahead, you're out of bounds and he doesn't have a bucket and it's a turnover. The margin for error was so, so slim. And here's the other thing I'll have you know. Josh is known for making these passes. He's willing to take the risk. (laughs) He certainly is. He is fearless, (laughs) but also poised, calm, and collected, and has a track record of being able to make these passes already as a rookie. So that was just one of the most eye-catching plays. And the thing that I really appreciated about it is you know Josh is analyzing the situation before he goes to take the ball out of bounds. Now, Mm -hmm. yes, it came out of a timeout, but – the reason he disregarded the play was because he made eye contact eye contact with Kenrich right. while he was walking to get the ball and while he was sitting there assessing the situation. He does that with every inbounds play, and that's why he's the go-to guy for the Thunder to throw the ball out. And it seems like he has this innate understanding of which guys on the other team might be mm-hmm. not having their knees bent, shall mm-hmm. we say. You know, kind of not totally locked in. This is not to pick on Luka at all. I mean, it happens to every NBA player over the course of a game where you're just like not completely on right. guard and not expecting that. But, you know, he was a- Josh was able to deliver a pass to Kenrich in a very similar sideline out-of-bounds play yes. in the first half of that game. Mm-hmm. And there were a couple Dallas defenders as the Thunder has kind of lined up everybody at that free throw line extended that were not expecting a cut back door to right. the rim. Teams, I think... I'm not trying to give anybody a a scouting report or a game plan, but they may end up playing zone in those situations or parking somebody at the rim because (laughs) if there's an Australian taking the ball out, (laughs) you can't keep doing this and letting, and letting there be any open space going towards the rim in these sideline out of bounds situations. And I'll also point out that not all of Josh's passes end up on these highlight reels, Right. right? How many plays did he have? Like some of my favorite inbounds passes from Josh are just the ones where it's like, he takes it out on the right block underneath the rim, and the play action is happening on the block right in front of him, but he just passes it to the opposite corner mm-hmm. because the help defender is focused on the action helping yeah. in here. But that's a wide-open, easy three that, you know, maybe a Mike Mascala or a Kenrich Williams is knocking down because all the attention was somewhere else. It's nothing but a chess pass. Right. But it's because he has this IQ of recognizing what's happening everywhere on the floor that he can make those simple passes that also allow him to just ignite ball movement and, and offense for his team. And, and some of it is the velocity of those passes, yep. whether they're simple or whether they're difficult. It's the ability to get them there in a hurry and mm-hmm. get them there before the defense can rotate and move. We saw that in the second half as well when Josh was dribbling up the left side of the floor, defenders converging, Trey Mann's defender in a, in a load and a help side position, and without even picking the ball up, he lets the ball come back up to his hand and flings it with his right hand all the way across the court, past yeah. three defenders, directly into Trey Mann's shooting pocket for a wide open corner three. Mm-hmm. Trey didn't have to bring the ball down. He didn't have to put it to his shoulder. It was already right here, and he was able to go up, rise up, and knock down the three, forced a Dallas timeout. Like Those are momentum, game-changing yeah. plays, and they make a defense have to reassess, like, okay, well, how are we going to load up yeah. against a guy when we have to be ready for a cross-court pass that usually takes two passes to even get there. Or gets deflected right. or picked off. and, and or, or is slow enough that the defense has time to rotate. Or doesn't hit anybody in the pocket. <laughs> yeah. the, the, the difference between catching the ball ready to shoot and catching the ball at your waist, at your knees, mm-hmm. having to 
wrangle it from out of bounds. That's the difference between getting a shot and not getting a shot. Right. And so you, when you pass it on time on target, that is an extra second that the defense doesn't have to get that shot off or to, to contest yeah. that shot. Yeah. The other thing, this is one of one last thing that I want to point out about Josh's passing is that I, there's, there's a selectivity to it as mm-hmm. well. And the one play that I'll, I, that comes to mind when I'm thinking about this, it was in the first half and Trey was running the floor super hard in transition and you made, he made eye contact yeah. with Josh. He was like, Hey, Hey, because he, he was kind of behind the defense. I mean, he was like pointing up a little bit uh-huh. like, and he kind of had the edge a little bit. He yeah. kind of, he kind of might've had an opportunity there. Josh didn't throw it. Yeah. And I, and like it, two seconds later, you could just like the, the play was that everybody, had the just floor been, is reconfigured. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so it was just like the, the understanding to know that, okay, I'm not, that's not a pass that we need right yeah. now. That's not a play that we need right now. And that's that's too risky for the reward that we would get. Yeah. And so the Thunder coaching staff has not said word one to Josh Giddy about turnovers over the course of the season. They're not going to because when, when you're able to create the spirit of ball movement the yeah. way that Josh has, that trends like that that absolutely transforms your team in a way that doesn't make turnovers that big of a, it's just a cost of doing business. Mm-hmm. And so this isn't all Josh, but it is a style of play that Josh is able to really flourish within. Yeah. And it's something that the entire team is honing and you're seeing all sorts of guys get in the mix. Ty Jerome a couple nights ago goes for six assists off the bench. Like that's playing in the same spirit that Josh is playing with. So continue to look for those things, not just from, from Josh Giddy, yeah. but the entire Thunder team as a unit. I should point out that the Thunder had 25 assists yeah. in this ball game, and it was the ball movement that allowed the Thunder to also rip off 17 three-pointers as a, co- a collective unit. It was the ball movement. It was the speed at which the decisions and the passes were being made. And, of course, the Thunder was able to get out and transition, run a little bit. That's how this group wants to play. That's the style of basketball they're looking for. Yeah, a 46% three-point shooting night against a defense in Dallas that had been the best three-point shooting defense in the entire mm-hmm. NBA in the month of January. Absolutely. So incredible performance by the Thunder, incredible performance by uh, all five guys, really, to everybody that was on the floor for the Thunder. It was a collective five-man mentality. You could tell everybody that stepped onto the floor had that competitive edge, and they were ready to rock and roll. No doubt. All right. So it is now that point in the podcast where we want to bless your timeline. Double timeline blessing today. We were just talking about our guy, Trey Mann. That was an early birthday present yeah, for him. It certainly was, yeah. Because today, we are recording this on February 3rd. Today is not only Trey Mann's 21st birthday, but it is also... Isaiah Roby's birthday. Happy birthday to both those guys, those birthday buddies. Birthday um, buds. Yeah, and you know, if you go anywhere on any of the Thunder players' social media right now, there's posts and congratulations yep. and all sorts of stuff that they're putting on their Instagram stories and everything, telling each other happy birthday. I think Shay called Isaiah his oldest son, which I thought was <laughs> silly and funny, and I kind of want to know more. Um, and yeah, uh, everybody congratulating Trey on and saying happy birthday to him. You know, all sorts of things going down for him at once. Um, so it, it's it's special when it's guys' birthdays. The question is, who sings to the rookie when it's the rookie's birthday? So I believe we had this situation happen. We were in California, and I think it was was it Jeremiah's birthday. Or maybe it was Josh's birthday. One or the other. Okay. 
And it was rookie to rookie. Rookie to rookie. It was okay. rookie to rookie. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. So I imagine Josh might be singing some happy birthday, maybe maybe wigs. I don't know. <laughs> no practice today, <laughs> but we'll keep you updated if we hear anything. We'll, we'll let you know. We'll keep you in the loop. <laughs> and also, be sure to check out OKCThunder.com, at OKCThunder, particularly at OKCThunder, because there are some fun Instagram posts that just throughout the whole season, really, really fun. Right now, the one that's sticking out in my head is, of course, the one for Trey Mann, where there's a little baby Florida Gator serving. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a birthday cake. Shout out to our super fan Nene. You your drawings are just amazing and anytime the Thunder gets their hands on them, it's always gold. So much fun. So much fun. All right, before we let you go, we got to let you know what's on tap for the Thunder before our next podcast. Like we mentioned, we're in the middle of a three-game road trip. So the Thunder from Dallas is going to go to Portland to take on the Trailblazers. Eventually, at some point. We will get there. (laughs) And from there, that is the first night of a back-to-back for the Thunder because right after that game on Saturday, they're going to be in Sacramento taking on the Kings. Yep. Both games on Bally Sports Oklahoma, they are late tip-offs, so be sure to, to get your popcorn ready and get all cozy and snuggled up because I don't know if the weather's going to get too much better in OKC over the weekend, but hopefully by the time we're back very early in the wee hours on Sunday morning, it's starting to tick back up towards above freezing. Fingers crossed. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> but until then, thank you so much for tuning in. Be sure to like, rate, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. If you're not watching us on YouTube, be sure to check us out there as well. Thank you so much to our producer, Matt Bishop. And until next time, thunder up and catch you later. <laughs>